I love that. I get pumped up every time I see one of these videos or something about a new translation that has been completed and done. Our own Lloyd and Nancy Peckham have been part of some of that project of partnering with with these folks and to see these people that have gotten involved in, in their own translation project and the pastors involved with translating God's word and then preaching it. It's so cool to see all of that happening. And so I want you just to know and to remember that these are the sorts of things that we care about and support and, and really is a core part of our vision when it comes to reach and missions is Bible translation, seeing unengaged, unreached people groups to come to know Jesus Christ as their Lord and Savior. And so, I don't know, it excites me of seeing these sorts of things happen. I hope it pumps you up too. Uh, all that now, uh, as we get into our uh, message for today, as we are in the book of Mark and we're continuing in our series in this book of Mark, this last week of Jesus's life, the week that changed the world. Um, as, before we get into the actual text itself, uh, our preschool ministry, uh, our precious preschoolers here, they have a, their own little time of offering, right, where they can give. And um, Mary Jane Edwards, who's amazing, who leads our preschool ministry, we love Mary Jane, she's awesome, but she uh, was in the room in this time when uh, these little preschoolers were given their offering, and she was listening even to the sounds, kind of involuntarily listening to the sounds, because usually it's kind of like a clink or a silent paper or something, but uh, this time it was a different sort of sound, and when she looked in the bucket, this is what she saw. She saw a green Lego in the offering, and so just in the way of leading and kind of understanding with kids, she asked some questions about that, and the, and the little kid was just like, I just I wanted to give God my, my green Lego. I wanted to give him my toy. And, and she says, well, tell me, like, tell me more about this. And this little child, precious child says, I would give God any of my toys if he asked me for them. Isn't that awesome? I love that. That heart, that heart of I would give God any of my toys if he asked for them is really the heart of the kind of the main character in the story, one of the main characters in the story that we will look at today in the book of Mark. It goes all the way from a little preschooler to an older widow, to this poor widow who really shows us how we should give, how we should live our lives when it comes to giving, when it comes to being generous. So if you haven't already, grab your Bibles, turn to Mark 12, verse 38 is where we'll start. Uh, there's Bibles in the back of the seat there in front of you. If you've got one of those, it's on page 38, but it's the second page 38, which is super weird about those Bibles, but it's about three quarters of the way through, and it's in the New Testament, page 38. So Mark 12, verse 38. Okay, so it starts here. Jesus is in the temple area, in the temple, and he says, uh, Beware of the scribes who like to walk around in long robes. And like respectful greetings in the marketplaces and chief seats in the synagogues and places of honor at banquets. Who devour widows' houses. It's kind of an intense little phrase there, right? Who devour widows' houses, which is going to be important as we get into the rest of our story. And for appearance's sake, offer long prayers. These will receive greater condemnation. So Jesus has been speaking this pretty tough 
accusation, judgment upon these scribes, these religious leaders that make it about them and make it about the show of how they pray and how they walk around and how they give. And then we see in the very next verse, it says, He, Jesus, sat down opposite the treasury and began observing how the people were putting money into the treasury. And many rich people were putting in large sums. A poor widow came and put in two small copper coins, which amount to a cent. Okay, let's pause there for a second before we keep going in the story, because we see that this whole thing's happening in the temple area. Okay, this is a modern-day picture, aerial view of the Temple Mount. The Temple Mount is pretty much this, this whole area is this larger Temple Mount, but the temple proper itself was right where the Dome of the Rock sits currently. And this is a model that looks, uh, this is what it would have looked like, kind of right placed right there where the Dome of the Rock essentially is now. And so this is what the temple was like. These were the outer courts of the Gentiles here. And then this is inside what's called the women's court, the court of women, which is inside the temple proper. And that is where the treasury is located, all right? Holy of Holies inside here. And then, uh, and so this is where all this, this whole scene is happening. So Jesus had preached that, <laughs> that intense rebuke upon those scribes right in the heart of everything. You know, right in the heart of the temple is where he's preaching that message. And then he sits down and says, hey, well, let's watch for a little bit and see how all of this goes while people give. So he watches, he sees, he sees and he hears how the giving takes place. And what you have here is this thing called the treasury. Now, if you haven't already, you can look in your uh, bulletins for this outline. Uh, if you want a little more information that I'm not going to say all of now, but there's a little more information too on the back about the treasury. Uh, there were these 13 horn-shaped chests, kind of like trumpet or horn-shaped chests that people would uh, essentially throw money into. The Greek word here, when it says they put the money in, balo is to throw. And so kind of imagining them walking by and you've got these 13 chests that are for all sorts of different sorts of sacrifices or to help out with the temple's needs. They would go by and they would throw these, this money into these things. And I think these people, these rich people are giving a ton. So it sound a little something like this. Okay? Just imagine these, these rich people. It just sounds like a big coin star machine, you know? And it's just like people just chucking money in this thing. It's just loud. And then it cuts out. And then you have this poor widow come by, and it sounds like this. And that's it. <laughs> it's a different kind of thing, right? So Jesus is like, whoa, 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 whoa. He hears something, he sees something. And he's like, bring it in, guys. I want to talk to you about this. Okay? So he gathers up his disciples when he notices this change happen. This change from, uh, with the change, of all these people thrown in, their change. And it's, it's just totally different when this widow comes by. Because this widow drops in two small coins. We even, uh, some translations, or we refer to them as the widow's mite. Right? You've heard of this, the widow's mite. It's a lepton, which was the smallest coin of that day, the, the, the least amount. These are some examples of what those would look like back then. And this woman puts these in. These coins would equal about 
close to a dollar in today's money, okay, each. All right, so this woman is just putting in this amount, which actually was really the, um, it was known as the, the legal minimum of what you could give at the treasury would be these two leptons or these two mites, okay? And so that's what the woman puts in. And Jesus is sitting there, and he's hearing all this stuff going on, and he notices. Now, one thing that's interesting I think about, we don't give in a giant treasury here, right? Okay, so at Calvary Church, we don't have 13, you know, for different funds that we have going on, 13 big, you know, horn-shaped boxes that you can throw your money into. If we really want to get biblical, I guess we could just go back and do that. Um, but... What, uh, it, you know, nowadays we, we pass the little bags around these, these strange little wooden handled bags, right, that we make for churches to be able to pass the offering around into. And, you know, I even think about, um, for our family, we, we give online. There's all sorts of ways we can give. You can give in the, the bags. You can give the boxes in the back. You give online. You can do whatever, right? And so we'll even try to do that, like, in the service where B is the financial administrator in our family. And so she'll, like, get out the, the, the phone and do it in the service. So it sort of feels, at least for us, a little bit more like this act of worship, doing it in the service. That's not a rule or something, but for us, that feels like I like to be able to do it in this moment— um, but probably, sometimes we'd probably be more consistent if you set it all up ahead of time. Uh, so, uh, but, you know, there's this moment where the bag then goes by, and we just take the bag, and we just hand it off, and we never put anything in the bag, right? And so there's this sort of odd moment where we feel weird because we just pass the bag without putting anything into it. Now, why is that weird? The reason it's weird is because we care about what other people think. That's what I've realized. You know? <laughs> I realized, oh man. Like there's even some churches that give out these little cards. I gave online cards. Where uh, you can, you have these cards. And then you can feel like you got to drop something in the bag when it goes by. We won't do that at Calvary. Because that's just totally giving in to the system that says, I care about what other people think and what they see me do. But it shouldn't be about that. Um, <laughs> but it's still, it's in us. There's something where, and I'm admitting it in myself, where it's like, oh, I'm just passing the bag and it feels wrong or guilty, even though we would give online. And so we got to process this. Like, what is the point of this passage? Am I really supposed to give everything I have away? What am I supposed to be doing here? What's the, the point that I'm actually supposed to get? Because listen to what then Jesus says to the disciples. He calls them, verse 43, calling his disciples to him, he said to them, truly I say to you, which is Jesus's way of, of saying, pay attention. Okay, that's what that really means. Truly I say to you, this poor widow put in more than all the contributors to the treasury. For they all put in out of their surplus, but she, out of her poverty, put in all she owned, all she had to live on. Which is this amazing, this amazing woman. But are you really saying that if all I have left to me is a couple bucks and I give all of that, is that the example then, or what the prescription is, that am I supposed to then sell everything, sell my house, sell my car, sell everything I have and give it all, and then when I get the next paycheck, just do it all again and just never have? I don't think that cycle, I don't think that's really the point, OK? 
okay? But there is a point that Jesus is trying to get us to listen to. And I want to dig into that a little bit uh, unapologetically when it comes to our giving. And here it is, one. Give until it's a sacrifice, not out of surplus. Now, here's what Jesus says. He, he says, for they all put in out of their surplus. In a sense, there's an expression of tipping God. It was like, well, well, that was a good uh, like worship service. Here you go, God. Well done. You know, good show. Put on another one next week, right? Like that, that kind of a thing. Giving to God out of surplus. Now, <clears throat> I think that God wants to teach us something about the effect that money has on us, on our hearts, and what he wants from us with that. 1 Timothy 6.10 says this, For the love of money, not just money, but for the love of money, is the root of all sorts of evil. And some by longing for it have wandered away from the faith and pierced themselves with many griefs. All right, so the love of money is the root of all sorts of evil. That God is telling us this, and Jesus even says, you can't serve both God and money. You can only serve one master. You can only have one master, not two. And so these important things, you know, for us to recognize that money will try to enslave us. But giving, when we give our money to the Lord, it shows who our true master really is. That giving declares victory over this enslavement to money. Giving declares freedom from this master that tries to control us. And giving declares that an allegiance to only one master that we can have, and that is God alone. And so as we give, that is what God is trying to do in us and in our hearts. And, and guess what? I think one thing we can really understand in this story is that the amount we give isn't what is so important. Because you have these people... These rich people, it talks about in this passage, that come by giving a lot, and that is actually valued less. Now, a part of why that could also be valued less, it's partially of the show they're putting on with it. But also, he's just said that these scribes are devouring widows' homes, and then now you have people coming in as they've stolen from widows— and coming in and giving maybe some of that tainted money into God's treasury. And how repulsive that would be to God. When the law of God clearly tells us to care for the widow. To care for the orphan. And so you've got this rebuke upon them. But the, the amount isn't what matters as much. Because these ones are less valued. However, I think it's not really even as much about valuing that less. It's about valuing what this widow does more. Her heart. Her heart is just its incredible heart of giving all. Last weekend, there was uh, about 150 of us from Calvary or friends of ours from Calvary went down to Mexico. And we built five houses uh, with YWAM, Homes of Hope. And, uh, and it's this just amazing, amazing trip where you have this opportunity to like really change someone's life and then really help them to get connected to a Christian community. Uh, the, the group that I was with, these were the people that we built the home for. And this is the moment of the keys going into this woman's hand. And it's just, it's just an amazing time. She is a single mom. Her name's Nicolasa. 
and these are her two daughters on each side of her. She also has a three-year-old son, and I don't know why she's a single mom, but she's on her own with these three kids, and she was living in this shack with a dirt floor with holes in the sides of the walls, and we were able to build her this home, and it's just, it's, it's so great. And she was there working and building with us the entire time. And um, then she worked at night. Uh, the, the, after the first night, she was uh, at home. And she was, actually, she went to some family's house to be able to do this. But she wanted to make us food. She was from the, the area of Oaxaca. And so she made for us these Oaxacan mole tamales, which were wrapped in banana leaves instead of corn husks. And they were just this, like, amazingly delicious tamales. And, but this woman has nothing. This woman seriously has nothing. And she wanted to make this for us. There was 30 people on our team. She had some extended family that came around the next day when she served this to us. And she had so much that people were having two, three tamales. And it was just like this. It was so good. And um, some people in our group had gone to her and said, hey, can we just help you a little bit? Because if we can, we can give her 40, 60 bucks, something like that to cover some of that expense. It's nothing, you know, to us to help her with that. And she said, no, 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 no. No. I don't, I don't want you to help me with this. I want to do at least something to say thank you to you, to give back to how you've given so much to me in this moment. And to me, she was this, you know, I've got this scripture in my mind for the next Sunday while we're there. And I'm just thinking about this woman who is so generous when she has so very, very little. And that's this beautiful heart, I think, in this person. You know, we see this heart uh, even in the early church. 2 Corinthians 8 talks about these early churches in the region of Macedonia. And these churches in Macedonia, it says, In a great ordeal of affliction, their abundance of joy and their deep poverty overflowed in the wealth of their liberality. For I testify that according to their ability and beyond their ability, they gave of their own accord. That these churches... These people in these churches in Macedonia are going through a, a really hard time, a great ordeal of affliction. A lot of us feel like, I'm going through a hard time right now. I can't be generous. I can't be giving in this hard time. They're in poverty, it says, and they're giving out of that. A lot of us feel like we don't have enough. We just can't give because we don't have enough. These people are giving with liberality and giving to their ability and beyond their ability in the midst of a hard time and in the midst of of poverty. That in God's eyes, generosity doesn't have anything to do with how much we are able to give. It's how we can give with a heart that loves God and longs to serve him in that. You know, the disciples even themselves, they left. They really did. And I'm not going to read it right now because I don't have time. But Mark 10 just talks about them leaving everything behind. Home, family. And then you think about that story we talked about a couple months ago of the rich young ruler, right? You've got the rich young ruler, and now you have this poor widow. This rich young ruler, this guy had everything when it came to possess, possessions and position and power and all of that. And, he, you know, he comes to Jesus and wants to follow Jesus. And he, Jesus says, great, you're doing great. Now just go sell everything you have, give it to the poor, come follow me. And then the guy left and went away sad. Because he had so much. Sometimes I think it's, we're better off not having so much. 
You know, we see in the example of this poor widow that she's just able to give it all. And in no way is it to say that it's easy to give it all when you don't have as much. But I think what I want us to, to consider is have we established some patterns in our life or have we established spending or lifestyle patterns or built our own kingdom in such a way that now we can't let go of anything that we think we own because we've, we've built our own kingdom here. Whereas giving, when we give, we are not just giving to, like, at all to build our kingdom. We're giving to be all in for God's kingdom. That's what it's about. That we can be all in for God's mission in this world. Of seeing God's vision and mission for the world fulfilled. That everyone would come to know him. That we would see that happen. That's why we want to give as we worship him in it. And I even want to like pause and, and say to those of you I think who are young. I know a lot of times we have a lot of you sitting over here. But you're all over throughout the room. Younger people in this room. Okay? You're establishing careers. Maybe you're in college. Maybe you're younger than that. Don't think that the time to start giving is later when you have more money. That's when it's harder. Okay? <laughs> start now. Establish a pattern now of your life and a, and a discipline now. Right? And as you do that, it will be easier than for you to maintain that over your life rather than trying to just like start something, you know, when you've already gone into a lifestyle. But we want to be all in for God's kingdom and God's mission. She, out of her poverty, put in all she owned, all she had to live on. There's a story of this man named Alan Barnhart, who Alan Barnhart um, was starting a business. And as he started his business, he, it was a construction business and he wanted to establish something in his family. They decided to establish something called a financial finish line. Where as they were starting the business, they would decide, okay, we will only make a certain amount per year and we'll give everything else away that we make more than that in the company. And so they established for themselves to make $125,000 as a family. Now you might think, Oh, that's a lot of money, right? And this is even 25 years ago. For some of you, you're thinking, wow, I'd love to make $125,000. Now, this, they established this financial finish line that they wouldn't make more than that, but the rest they would give away. The first year of the business, they were able to get their $125,000, but they had an extra $50,000 that they gave away, that they were able to be generous with. And then... 23 years later, they are now making, actually they upped their, their salary to 140000 based on maybe some inflation or whatever. But they're now giving $1 million a month away. That is how successful the business became. And they made this commitment to this financial finish line that we will live off this amount and give the rest away. That's some radical generosity, right? You can watch, uh, there's a website called generousgiving.org if you want to see like a 20-minute version of him telling his story and all of that of Alan Barnhart. It's pretty incredible. But um, stories like that where we can establish a, a mindset that doesn't just say, how much do I have to give? <laughs> or how much should I give? But almost, how much should I keep? And then, Lord, I want to give the rest away 
to be generous with. And I don't want you to hear, I do believe that we should be giving to our local church. But I'm not just talking about local church giving. These people are giving, they're not giving a, a million dollars a month to their local church, okay? They're seeing the, like, the kingdom mission fulfilled in all sorts of incredible ways in their local church, in different ministries and nonprofits that are doing incredible things, to missionaries around the world, and then even just to be able to have margin for random generosity, right? To be able to respond to different needs that would come up. And so it's just such an amazing, uh, I think, just great story and other stories like if you go to this overflow class that starts next week you're going to hear an incredible story in the very first week uh, of this woman named Catherine and I just want to like tease it out to you that just I want you to go and to hear
I feel a sense of gripping tightly. These are legitimately the feelings I personally feel before, like, giving something, okay? I just, these are probably, like, temptations from the enemy at some level, right? Uh, or attack. But I feel those sorts of feelings. And then what happens is, when we do give, then, once we actually have given it, like, it's out of our hands now, it's gone, that's when I feel a lightness. That's when I feel a release from the anxiety, that's when I feel kind of a, a freedom and a joy. It's, a, it's after that moment. And to me, that's kind of crazy. Like, it's crazy that while I still have it, I feel stressed. When I don't have it, I feel free. <laughs> and, but that's true. It's just that's true of my experience with it. That that is what, though God knows that. And God wants something more for us than just gripping tightly to what we have. All right, we're getting close to the end here. Now, as we go into this end part, I want you to just sort of promise to me and yourself that this is, this sermon is not for the person over there or over there. This sermon is for me, okay? This, these things are not like for, oh, I know that guy. That guy's rich. He doesn't give anything, you know? I was like, whatever. That's not the point, okay? This point is not to be thinking about what the other person does. This message is for you, okay? This message is for me. And on your bulletin, on the kind of the bottom half, are some things to process through. Just some questions to think through. And I want you to be able to honestly, between you and the Lord, think through some of these questions. How are you giving? Where are you with this? Where's your heart regarding giving? Not just what you do, but what's your heart doing with it? Are you thinking like, ugh. Stupid church talking about giving all the time. No, 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 the Bible got us here, okay? I just text by text by text. And this is something Jesus talks about. Where's your heart? Are you giving at all? Are you only tipping God kind of out of a surplus that you have? Just, oh, I got a little leftover, so here, God, you can have this. But some other questions when it comes to kind of setting yourself up to be able, like, to do this life in what God would consider this successful way is just to think through some questions that you haven't established patterns of spending and lifestyle that prevent you from being generous. Because maybe that's part of the issue. You've established a pattern that prevents you from that. Have you prayed and really thought through clear goals for your finances? for your giving, for this whole thing? Like, have you prayed through that? Have you thought through that? If you are part of a family unit of any sort, have you talked through that as that family, okay? And then, what I want to just encourage you to do then today is to establish one clear, tangible action step to move towards a more generous life, okay? Just one thing that you can do to move towards that. And I've given some examples. This could be taking something out of your spending to free you up to be more generous. This could be increasing your giving by 1%. And that every year, I was talking this week to somebody that had increased their giving 1% every year. And they started with the tithe of 10 and are now at 39%. That's amazing, right? That's like, it's incredible. 
but just slowly. This could be choosing to give, saying, hey, this year we're going to give a certain amount or a certain percentage, setting some goals with that. Again, this is to your church, to other ministries, to missionaries, to random generosity. This could be allocating parts of your budget to random generosity. This could be taking a class here at Calvary, like that overflow. There's info in your bulletin about that. Uh, it starts next week. Or even on Right Now Media. You don't want to go to some class here. You're already part of a life group. We have this whole thing called Right Now Media, and it talks about it on the back here how to sign up for it. And this is like a screenshot of the page on biblical finance, budgeting, debt reduction, generosity. Like there's more and more and more tons of these things that you can just watch in the comfort of your own home or wherever. Okay, that you can take some classes on this stuff um, just even online. So maybe that's your tangible next step. But I want you to think through what will be my next step with this. Because God wants your hearts. And our hearts are connected to our money. May our response be, I would give God any of my toys if he asked for them. Right? May that be our response. And so we're going to go into a time of giving. And we have a moment here to be able to give to the Lord. And so I just want to encourage you as the offering is coming around, I just want to say thank you to you for your generosity again. But it's really about you and the Lord. It's a way of you saying, God, this is my worship, this is my obedience, and this is my way of saying, I want to give you my heart. And so we'll pray for this. But in this moment, consider those action steps. Consider your giving. After the offering comes by you, we will have the prayer points and communion available around the room. So let's pray right now. Heavenly Father, God, we come before you, and Lord, we recognize that this stuff's hard. This stuff's sensitive. This stuff's challenging. And so, Lord, I pray that you would work in each one of our hearts to show us what you would have us do today. How should we respond today, Lord? And so, God, I pray that if there's hurt inside of us or bitterness even or anger or Lord, whatever is kind of like the hang-up for us in this or fear, God, I pray that you'd do a work in us, do a work in our hearts. Lord, may we just worship you fully and be all in to see what you want to have take place in this world take place, God. Lord, we love you. In Jesus' name, amen.